Hi again, this is Daniel J. Hogan, and welcome back to the Magic Avery podcast, brought to you by MagicAvery.com. In our last episode, Zeroth, Uncle Shameless, and Alexander boarded the gull pirate Vanderalt ship. Meanwhile, several gulls attacked Steve and his friends still on the Griffin. While battling Vanderalt, Alexander found out that this Vanderalt was only part of the Vanderalt franchise, and not the specific gull who had ran his mother out of business many years ago. Just when things couldn't get any worse, Zero's treacherous partner, Arbel, appeared on the Griffin. The vile morning dove had reached the Griffin thanks to the caper cape he had stolen from Uled's body back in the Forbidden Forest. The episode ended with Julius and Hector getting the Griffin up to ramming speed as the ship headed for the frugal gullman. Stay updated, follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Hogan or follow the podcast at MOE Podcast. You can also stay updated on Facebook. Just search for Magic of Airy Podcast on Facebook. And now, the next fantastic episode of The Magic of Airy. The Magic of Airy, the podcast. Written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. Based on the novel, The Magic of Airy by Daniel J. Hogan. To learn more about the novel, please visit magicaberry.com or danieljhogan.com. Episode 27, Old Foes. A sickly-looking arbel materialized in the air over the frugal gunman and pulled out his small repeating crossbow. Zioth raised his shield and blocked the small bolts hungry for his flesh. After the first volley, Arbel's eyes flashed as he turned back into mist and flew down to the deck. Zeroth growled as a traitorous morning dove threw open his stolen caper cape. Friend of yours? Alexander asked as he whacked a nearby gull in the knee with his mallet. Hardly. The remaining gulls cleared the space between Zeroth and Arbel, mainly to get away from the horrible smell that Arbel was giving off. The morning dove pulled out the large crossbow from his back and started the reloading process. Zeroth knew he'd be in trouble once Arbel finished reloading the heavy crossbow. But he noticed the griffin speeding towards the frugal gullman and remembered the plan. Zeroth grabbed Uncle Shameless. Do it now! Uncle Shameless swayed around in Zeroth's grasp, and his lazy eye swirled with a mind of its own. I'll handle this. Alexander cried, as once again he took out the sheet of insult Steve had prepared. Ahem, you know that local academic athletic squad you are so fond of? Uncle Shameless smiled and nodded sloppily, as images of his favorite university football team scoring touchdowns filled his head. Well, that guy over there... Alexander pointed to Arbel, who was struggling with reloading his heavy crossbow. He just said they, um, suck. Uncle Shameless snapped to attention. What? Yes, that's right. Alexander continued reading. And he is a fan of their rival academic athletic squad, which he says really knows how to dominate the pitch. And that they, um... Rule? Uncle Shameless roared and dashed towards Arbel. The dove man was too busy trying to crank back the strong spring of his crossbow to notice. Seconds before Uncle Shameless was about to plow into Arbel, the hunter glanced up to see the man charging. Arbel quickly used his caper cape and turned into a noxious smelling cloud of mist, allowing Uncle Shameless to pass harmlessly through his body. However, Uncle Shameless and his iron pot helmet did not pass harmlessly through the mast of the frugal gullman. 
The top half of the mast lurched to and fro until it began to topple over, bringing the frugal gallman's sails with it. Uncle Shameless stumbled around, taking his iron pot helmet off for a moment to rub his sore head. Uh, what happened? Uncle Shameless said before he looked up to see the mast crashing towards the deck. Uncle Shameless then suddenly remembered his plan, slammed the pot back onto his head and ran towards Zeroth grabbing Alexander along the way. Horrified gulls ran around the deck as all the sails and riggings began snapping and dropping around them. Zeroth quickly jumped on Uncle Shameless's back before he ran towards the bow. Like before, Uncle Shameless jumped high into the air after reaching the bow of the crippled ship. Julius steered the griffin as it rocketed across the water towards the frugal gullman. He breathed a sigh of relief as the main mast of Vanderalt's ship toppled over. The gull ship was now dead in the water. The griffin was going so fast that the bow was barely touching the surface of the Rolk Sea. Huge streams of water were thrown into the air by the whirling paddle wheels. From inside the cabin, Hera and Steve could see bright lights shining through the cracks in the floorboards, hinting at the blazing speed the pixie people were spinning the paddle wheel cranks. Julius lined up the griffin with the midsection of Vanderwalt's ship and rammed clear through it. The speed of the griffin shattered Vanderwalt's ship into two large pieces. Thankfully, Uncle Shameless had jumped off the ship just before contact, allowing Zero to glide away from harm. Woohoo! Julius cried after smashing through the side of the frugal gullman. Hector gradually began slowing the ship down as Julius turned around, allowing Zero to land on the deck. Excellent work! Alexander said as Uncle Shameless dropped him to the deck. Steve and Era exited the cabin. Steve pointed to the crossbow bolt lodged into Alexander's saucepan helmet. What's with... Never you mind. Interrupted Alexander as he walked towards the giant metal eagle's head on the bow of the ship. The little duck stood triumphantly as he watched the imitation Vanderalt ship sink into the rock sea. Alexander dusted his hands off as he slowly turned around to face Steve and the others. I love it when a plan... Alexander's words trailed off after seeing the sky behind the griffin. What's wrong? Steve asked as a look of terror crawled over Alexander's face. Little Duck pointed to the distant horizon and began stuttering. What? Spit it out! Yelled Steve, not noticing that everyone else had turned around and was silent. Pyrex! Everyone except Steve cried in unison. The boy turned and saw two gigantic, fiery, skeletal birds soaring towards the griffin. Uncle Seamus looked over at Julius. I'll, uh, take those brown pants now. Meanwhile, everyone on the Uth Chamber of Commerce all-purpose utility ship and choir annex took yet another recess as they were forced to sit through a less-than-rousing off-key recital by the tone-death Uth Chamber of Commerce choir. You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast, a free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan, available at magicofairy.com and through the iTunes Music Store. Unala steered the fiery Pyrex towards Griffin with a crack of a whip. Unala, Remit, and Kaz had survived the crash in Tall with only minor injuries. However, the same could not be said for Fiakra's flying chariot. The elaborately decorated vehicle had been crushed by the impact, forcing Unala to come up with a quick replacement. By the command of Unala, Kaz searched Tall for a suitable substitute, only to return with an old fertilizer cart with misshapen wheels. Under much protest, Remit and Kaz cleaned the cart and chained the Pyrex to it. It sure was easy getting those ducks to tell us where these guys went, Kaz said as he looked down at the rock sea over the side of the odd-smelling cart. Well, of course it was easy, replied Remit. They're only about a third of your size. You could have just stepped on them if you wanted to. Yeah, I guess, but it would have been fun to rough a few of them up. Don't worry. 
The Hawk King will see to that. What are we going to do? We're like sitting ducks. Alexander gave Steve a confused look. Um, figure of speech. No, you're right. We must even the odds. Julius looked at his captain with concerned eyes. You don't mean... Yes, I'll stop. Hector pulled a lever. The giant paddle wheels on the side of the griffin came to a gradual halt. Uh, but why are we stopping? Alexander held up a hand to silence Steve. Now... Alexander commanded. Hector grasped a large lever with two hands, pressed the safety catch, and pulled it until it stopped. Creaks and moans sounded throughout the ship, and two large wooden trapdoors sprang open on the deck. One was near the eagle's head on the bow, while the other was closer to the main cabin on the bridge. Steve looked over at the trapdoors, seeing only what looked like piles of cloth. You're going to throw laundry at them? Quiet, you. Hector pulled two cables, and through the trapdoors, Steve heard a loud foosh. It reminded him of the fire Uncle Shameless had tried to make the night before their canoe trip. To his surprise, the cloth piles quickly began inflating and raising out of the trap doors. Steve quickly realized what they were. A pair of large, patchwork hot air balloons. The balloons continued rising out of the trap doors, dragging thick ropes with them until they were floating out high above the ship. Steve felt an odd sensation and looked over the edge of the ship, noticing that the griffin was quickly rising into the air. Before Steve could ask any questions, Alexander gave another command. Ready the paddle wheels. Hector walked to a large crank and began turning it with all his might. Steve heard more loud groans and creaks coming from throughout the ship, which was now completely out of the water, and it gradually rose higher and higher. Look! cried Era, pointing to the paddle wheels. Steve turned his gaze toward them. As Hector turned the crank, the paddle wheels extended out from the side of the ship and rotated backwards, transforming themselves into large propellers. Paddle wheels ready, Captain. Full speed ahead! A sailor on the Earth Chamber of Commerce all-purpose utility ship and choir annex tried to inform everyone that their foes had just floated into the sky and were now flying away. Unfortunately, everyone else was too busy suffering through the choir's horrifying rendition of You break it, you buy it, to hear her. Unala is confused. Did that ship just take to the sky? Asked the one-winged Hawken officer. Remit was equally dumbstruck. It did! Amazing! Yes, Unala agrees. Too bad we must shoot them down, Unala said as he handed Remit a Hawken bow and a quiver full of nasty-looking arrows. Bring us around, Julius. You're going to attack them? Of course. This ship may be fast in the water, but we'll never outrun a pair of pirates in the sky. A pair of pirates screamed in glee as the griffin turned in the sky to face them. Hmm, they are either really brave or really stupid, Remit said as he raised his curved bow and fired a shot. Arrows! Zeroth yelled just before Remit's first shot struck the handle of Alexander's helmet, causing the saucepan to spin around on the little duck's head. Good eye! Alexander shouted as he adjusted his headgear and walked to one of the talk tubes that ran down to the crank room where the Pixie people were hard at work. Pixies, we have a pair of pirates attacking us, and we need volunteers for- Before Alexander had even finished, several dozen pinhead-sized balls of light flew from the interior of the ship and formed a circular barrier around the griffin. Ha! I knew that would get them to help. Remet fired several more arrows, only to have them knocked away by Pixie people before they could pierce the hot air balloons. Enough of this, barked Unala. He cracked the whip. Attack! This Unala commands! The pirates opened their blackened beaks and inhaled sharply before each fired a large fireball toward the griffin. Incoming! 
Zero yelled as the two fireballs headed toward the ship. Uh, can the pixie people stop those fireballs? I don't know, but I don't want to wait and see. Julius, hard to port, ordered the duck captain as he pointed to the right. Steve did not know too much about sailing, but he did know that port referred to the left side of the ship. Turning port would have put the griffin directly in the path of the fireballs. What confused Steve even further was that Alexander had actually pointed to the starboard side when he ordered to turn the port. Are you crazy? That will put us in more danger. A handful of seconds before the fireballs were just about to hit the ship, Julius quickly spun the wheel, causing the griffin to turn sharply starboard. The deadly fireballs missed the ship and crashed into the water below. Steve looked at Julius. Why did you turn starboard after he told you to turn port? Because he pointed starboard. But he said port. Hector waved Steve over with a fin-like hand and whispered, The captain always forgets the names, so he just says port and points to the direction he wants Julius to turn. Steve dropped his head into his hands and groaned. So you're telling me that the captain of this ship not only gets seasick, but also can't remember the difference between port and starboard? Steve's laundry list of complaints was interrupted by Alexander rushing past him to the side of the ship, followed by a chorus of retching sounds. <sighs> and apparently he also gets airsick. Ah, uh, that reminds me of this colorblind art teacher I had in high school. You see, he tried to teach us color theory, and Uncle Shameless started until he was cut off by Zeroth yelling, Incoming! once again. Two more fireballs screamed towards the ship. Hector pulled in a pair of cables, causing the ship to rise out of the path of the deadly fireballs. More retching sounds came from Alexander as he hung his head over the side of the ship. You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast, a free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan. Copies of the original novel can be purchased through magicofairy.com and amazon.com. You can also download a PDF of the entire novel for only $3.75. Visit magicofairy.com for more details. Nala howled with rage as he watched the griffin dodge yet another attack. Just who do they think they are, rising up like that? That ship does not even have wings. The nerve. Remit continued firing arrows randomly, only to have them knocked away by the pixie people surrounding the griffin. Nala turned around and looked at Kaz. Prepare yourself to be dropped onto that ship! Kaz looked around and then pointed at himself with a clawed finger. Me? Yes, you! Unala barked as he pulled on the reins controlling the Pyrex and commanded the beast to fly above the griffin. Ah, uh, I don't think that's a good idea. And why not? Um, I'm allergic to falling? Looks like they're going to fly above us. Zeroth yelled as he watched the flying fertilizer cart wobble upward. Ready the cannon. Hector waddled toward a small cannon perched on the edge of the bridge. He wiped the thick layer of dust off the fuse and began loading the cannon with a single fist-sized cannonball. What good is that going to do? Not to worry. It may be old, but it is a trusty weapon. Hector lit the fuse of the cannon, swiveled it around, and aimed up at the Pyrex. The fuse burned quickly, making a loud sizzling sound before the cannon went off with a boom. The cannonball blasted up toward the Pyrex but only for a few feet before it quickly came crashing down into the deck of the griffin, creating a small fire. Sad talons! Alexander cursed as he ran toward the tiny inferno. Hector dashed into the cabin to fetch a container of water and followed Alexander. Duck Captain turned to face Steve as he ran. You stay there and help Julius. Unala maneuvered the flying fertilizer cart above the griffin with several tugs of the reins. Without any warning, Unala turned around and pushed Kaz over the edge with a hefty, muscular hand. 
The large Swanton warrior fell from the cart, screaming as he rapidly approached the flying ship underneath him. Right before Kaz should have hit one of the hot air balloons, he stopped in midair and hovered there for several moments. Kaz slowly removed his hands from over his eyes. Am I flying? Kaz wondered aloud. As he wiped tears from his eyes, Kaz noticed several dozen tiny balls of light flying around him. Kaz then realized he was flying around, and not the balls of light. They were spinning him around and around, increasing the speed drastically. From below, Steve watched as the spinning swanton was hurled back at the flying fertilizer cart by the pixie people. Kaz was sent screaming all the way, and crashed into Unala and Remit. As Alexander was putting out the fire on the deck of the griffin, he saw the chance for an attack and yelled back to Steve, Fire the other cannon! Steve ran to the switches, levers, cables, and buttons-filled panel Hector had been using. The boy saw several switches labeled as cannons, making Steve wonder why they had used the old one on the bridge in the first place. But then Steve realized that very little of his voyage on the Griffin had made any sense at all. Which one? <coughs> big one! Screamed Alexander as the smoke caused him to choke. At least Alexander thought it was the smoke making him choke. Though he was surprised as to just how bad the smoke smelled. He was even more surprised when a cloud of what he thought was smoke flew around him and headed straight for Zeroth. Arble! Zeroth yelled venomously as the Morning Dove mercenary solidified. The foul odor, courtesy of Zeroth hitting Arbo with a bag of signal stones back in the Forbidden Forest, intensified upon the Morning Dove turning back into flesh and bone. Ugh, Uncle Shameless choked as he recoiled from the foul odor. Zeroth's rage blocked out all of his other senses as he gave Gladius a quick squeeze and readied his shield. <laughs> Uncle Shameless cracked his knuckles and moved toward Arbel. No. He's mine. Uncle Chamus understood and left Zeroth to handle Arbel alone. Zeroth jumped at Arbel before he had a chance to aim his large crossbow. This concludes today's episode of The Magic of Eri. Make sure to join us again next time. Will the Griffin survive Unala's attack? What will happen when Steve fires the big one? Will the Oth Chamber of Commerce ship ever get to attack the Griffin? Find out in the next thrilling episode of The Magic of Eri. The copyright date of this episode was June 9th, 2010. Help support this free podcast by using the PayPal donate button on the website. The Magic of Eri podcast by Daniel J. Hogan and Scary Dice Productions is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial no derivative works 3.0 United States license. This only applies to the podcast and not the original novel. Feel free to share this podcast. The Magic of Airy, the podcast, written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. This podcast was produced in GarageBand and Audacity on a Mac. Some sound effects and music are provided by freesound.org. Other sound effects and music provided by GarageBand. For more information or to buy a copy of the original novel, please visit magicofairy.com or DanielJHogan.com. And remember, and as always, thanks for listening.